What's up, guys, and welcome to the We Believe Golden State Warriors Basketball Podcast, a sports ethos presentation. I'm your host, Sam Warlick. Hey, listeners, please take a moment to follow at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on Earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. Give them a follow now. What's up, guys? Today is Tuesday, April 5th. Here with you today to break down the latest back-to-back for the Golden State Warriors. We've got the Warriors at home facing the Utah Jazz, which was on Saturday, April 2nd, followed by a game on the road against Sacramento on Sunday the 3rd. So let's get right into it, starting with the Utah game. This was a very important game for the Warriors, a lot of implications when it comes to playoff seeding. Warriors, Denver, Dallas, and Utah all kind of fighting for playoff positioning all within a few games of each other, and the Warriors did not disappoint. 111-107, Warriors with the win, but this was not an easy game at all. Warriors were down 19 at the half, um, found themselves down 21 in the second quarter, scored 36 points in the third quarter and really the entire game really shifted in a stretch in the fourth quarter where the Warriors went on a 12-0 run in a period of 80 seconds which brought the game within four points. Warriors as a team would hit 23 pointers. Clay Thompson 36 points 14 of 28 from the field 8 of 17 from three 40 minutes played Jordan Poole continues to cook 31 points, 9 of 21 from the field, 6 of 15 from 3, 7 of 7 from the line, 5 turnovers, plus 16 um, in the plus-minus category for the game. Poole would then be at 16 straight games, scoring 20 or more. Andrew Wiggins, 17 points, 7 of 10 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3, team high, plus 26. Draymond Green, 33 minutes, 3 of 5 from the field, 4 of 5 from the line, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, plus 20. Um, Otto Porter Jr., also 30 minutes, 1 of 4 from the field, 0 for 2 from 3, 8 rebounds. As a team, Warriors had 11 turnovers versus 12 for Utah. Huge stat. 20 of 48 from 3, about 42%, versus 15 of 46 for Utah, about 30, 32.5%. Free throws, 11 of 12 from the foul line versus 16 of 22 for Utah. And then 41 rebounds for the Warriors versus 47 for Utah. Gobert claiming about 20 of those boards for Utah. So the Warriors found themselves in a hole early. It looked like a classic letdown game from Golden State, who, after trailing by five in the first, quickly found themselves in a really big hole as I mentioned down 21 in the second um, down 19 going into halftime but things really turned around in the third quarter and you got to give a lot of credit to Clay Thompson he was in the middle of everything in that big run that the Warriors went on Um, I believe at one point they went 18 an 18-0 run 
for Utah, who just could not score in the slightest. So, you know, we talked on the last podcast about the game against the Phoenix Suns that resulted in a loss, but starting to see a little bit of a turn, turning point for the Warriors as far as their execution on defense and on offense, playing with more intensity, getting the best version of Draymond on the floor, getting contributions from the likes of Gary Payton, Otto Porter Jr., Nemanja Bialica, while Jordan Poole and Klay Thompson continue to cook. And then speaking of Klay Thompson, I mean, 36 points on 14 of 28 field goals and 40 minutes. So a lot of things to unpack there. For me especially, it's the 40 minutes played. We continue to see Klay Thompson's workload basically unrestricted. Um, He's not playing in back-to-backs. He would not play in the following game the next night um, against Sacramento on the road. But just the fact that he is able to play that many minutes and to be effective and that he was able to play within his within the Warriors system and kind of get away from that shot hunting, forcing, uh, ball dominant, kind of dribble dribble, Clay Thompson that we were kind of seeing who was turning into a high volume, low efficiency type of player that was just really really hurting the Warriors while he was on the floor and so great to see him get away from that great to see Clay Poole and Wiggins all be productive Andrew Wiggins continues to be an incredible foundational piece for this team the plus 26 team high I think speaks volumes on the type of impact that Wiggins has for this team the Utah Jazz are definitely a regular season juggernaut type of team that have been a difficult matchup for the Warriors in the past. Uh, Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Boyan Bogdanovich, just a lot of options, a lot of pieces, a lot of guys that can shoot the three, and a lot of guys who can put up points. And so for the Warriors, this was a must-win game, more or less, not necessarily to make the playoffs, but to ensure home court advantage for playoff seeding. And they did not disappoint, even when getting out to such a poor start and finding themselves in a really bad position um, halfway through the game. This was actually the first time in the Warriors franchise history since this stat was tracked back in 96-97 that the Warriors have overcome an 18-point or more deficit with eight minutes left, with eight minutes or less left in the fourth quarter. So just kind of absolutely unheard of, down 18 in the fourth, eight minutes to go, and you're able to turn around, turn it around. Warriors end up, ended up taking the lead with about three minutes left, kind of expected Utah to have an answer and maybe get back in front, but the Warriors held on. The Utah The Utah Jazz really kind of fell apart in that game, especially after the Warriors were able to regain the lead. Uh, Rudy Gobert continued to play Klay Thompson in this drop coverage zone-esque formation, which basically meant that when Rudy Gobert's man would set the screen, Gobert would go under the screen, basically giving Klay Thompson all the space that he wanted to to come off that screen and shoot. And so Klay Thompson got a lot of looks, Um, at the top of the key at the top of the three-point line and he nailed him I mean these were open looks and Clay Thompson was overdue so um, you know 
uh, after the game, Clay Thompson said, yeah, I was hitting those shots, but also you got to give Gobert credit for giving me those shots. So, you know, kind of a head scratching moment a little bit for the Jazz. I'm not really sure what they were doing. Um, if that was the game plan or that's just what Gobert wanted to do. Have to think that that was the game plan. And the fact that they didn't make adjustments, I don't know. Um, I can't really speak to that. I'm glad that the Warriors don't play defense in that fashion. This is why guys like Draymond Green and Kevon Looney are so important to this team for defensive scheming, because the Warriors don't want to give up wide open shots just to ensure um, rim or paint protection. And so, you know, it's interesting. And on the topic of Gobert, I was doing a little bit of digging around and one thing that i found that was very it was very interesting statistic that's kind of been floating around twitter is that on the season for the utah jazz donovan mitchell averages two passes per game to rudy gobert not assists but passes per game from your star guard to your star big um that's just that's just absurd i mean for how big Gobert is, for how many times he's wide open under the rim, um, to just not get him the ball, it's just absurd. So, you know, and I saw it firsthand in this game against Utah. There were several times, in fact, where Conley and Mitchell had penetrated the paint and had an opportunity to throw a lob up to Gobert. Gobert even jumped up kind of expecting the lob and instead... Mitchell and Conley opted to finish and granted in both cases they scored so it wasn't a unconverted play but you just have to think for team cohesion for team chemistry this doesn't bode well for the Jazz. Utah has been in this perpetual state for the last three or four years of being a top four top five team in the West unable to make significant noise in the postseason they had the one season a couple years ago where they had that crazy series with Denver where it was Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray trading off hero ball, scoring 40, 50 points a game. Um, but it's going to be interesting what happens. Quinn Snyder has been linked to um, wanting to potentially coach the San Antonio Spurs with Greg Popovich on the way out for retirement. So I don't know. But what I do know is that when we're talking about the types of players that you want to build your team around and the types of pieces that you want to acquire, um, there's no denying how skilled offensively Donovan Mitchell is in this kind of featured combo guard role. And he's incredibly skilled at getting downhill, shooting the ball, scoring at all three levels. Um, but for me, it's the defense. The defense is suspect with Mitchell. And that's why I've kind of gone on record on this show in several episodes, uh, talking with others or even just, you know, chatting it up with you guys on solo pods that this is why Andrew Wiggins is so important to the Warriors, because he is such an elite two-way player. He plays both sides. He doesn't need the ball in his hands. He doesn't have any drama. He doesn't get upset about touches. There's no, you didn't give me the ball when I was wide open and now I'm not going to give you the ball. Sure, there's always going to be possessions and opportunities where, you know, one guy felt like he was wide open. He didn't get the ball. You talk about it after the play or after the game. You work on it in practice, whatever. But to have this type of relationship where your guards aren't 
feeding your bigs and it's isn't like a small sample size we're talking about over an entire season that's just that's just not sustainable that's just not the type of of attitude of chemistry um that's just not the type of vibes that you want on your team and so this is why i've been against the thought of like the whole idea of like well let's package Wiggins and and Kaminga and Moody or or Wiseman and Kaminga and go get somebody like Brad Beal or maybe Donovan Mitchell or these types of or Zach Levine even maybe these types of guards who are 100% elite scoring guards you know top 10 in the league whatever but don't necessarily have a proven track record for playing defense and don't necessarily have the best attitude or vibe or or best locker room kind of guy that you really want to build your team around Uh, when you have a Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, you know, Jordan Poole, Iguodala, you've got these high character um, guys who are proven, who have been to the postseason, who have won rings, who knows what it takes to make sacrifices and, and adjustments and, um, be the recipient of criticism and put in the work in the off season. And I'm not sure that these other guys necessarily check all those boxes. And so, you know, getting a little bit off topic and ahead of myself here, but just to close this kind of thought process and where my head is going, despite what the Warriors do this postseason and how successful they are. And sure, after this, last game against Utah and the game against Phoenix. And, and we'll soon talk about the, the easy win over the Sacramento Kings. Um, I think that there is a reality or a scenario in where you are able to bring back Andrew Wiggins long-term um, for a contract extension. If he's willing to take less than the max, because he is such a team player and to have sustained success, that Spurs model of, you know, decade, plus one to two decades of sustained success, you need guys to buy in. You need role players. You need stars. You need guys to fill in the gaps. And Andrew Wiggins does all of that. He does the dirty work and he doesn't, he doesn't ask for anything in return. Sure. Are there games where Andrew Wiggins is a disappointment because we needed more from him offensively? Of course. Are there games where he, looks disengaged and he misses his free throws and he makes a few mistakes sure but for the most part he is you know still 27 years old entering his prime a lot of good basketball left for him to play he's very healthy he's available he's a good attitude kind of guy there's no drama with him you know he lays it out there on the line every night and those are the type of guys I want to play with. Those are the type of guys that I want on my team. And those are the type of guys that are typically going to be parts of building towards something like another dynastic run, which I think this team wants to do. Um, so again, we'll see how all of that shapes out in the future. This is kind of talking ahead outside of this season and this postseason run, but just wanted to kind of go on a little, <laughs> little bit of a rant there on kind of just throwing Andrew Wiggins some credit and, um, you know, poking a little bit at the Utah Jazz and Donovan Mitchell and this kind of league mentality for these young up-and-coming star players that haven't quite put it all together, that have a good team, 
that have a, a winning record that post playoff bound team don't necessarily play on both sides. And those aren't really the kind of guys that I think the Warriors should be targeting. So, hey, guys, just wanted to remind you that we have a brand new daily fantasy partner at Sports Ethos, Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or thrivefantasy.com. Use code ETHOS when you sign up to get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks, plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night. Score points when your props hit, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our pals at Sports Ethos DFS team or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. So we just talked about the incredible win, comeback win over the Utah Jazz. So the next night was on the road against Sacramento. No Clay Thompson, no Steph Curry, no Otto Porter, no Andre Iguodala. For the Sacramento Kings, they would be without De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis, among other players. But this was a pretty easy wire-to-wire win for the Warriors, 109-90. to um, They got out to a big lead early, 20-ish points going into halftime. Kings did their best to cut it to single digits i think we're talking about like the teens um, or even nine points at one point but warriors did not let sacramento get any traction and you know it was great to see draymond green play on a back-to-back he actually opened this game in sacramento with hitting two threes in a row and draymond kind of said after the game this is the time of the season where he starts hitting his threes so really great to see draymond green returning to form we had been talking about kind of his struggles Draymond Green specifically and how he wasn't helping the team when he was on the floor obviously he's a big part of what this team is going to do in the postseason but when he's not playing up to snuff or up to par for his own standards he really hurts the Warriors when he's on the floor and really there isn't too much that I wanted to hit on in the Sacramento game again um, missing Clay Thompson and Iguodala and Otto Porter Jr. We got some more opportunity for players like Jonathan Kaminga, um, Nemanja Bialica, Gary Payton II. Moses Moody uh, went was sent down to the Santa Cruz Warriors, who are actually playing in their playoff game tonight. So uh, Steve Kerr kind of acknowledged that Moody has fallen out of the rotation, and it's not because Moody's playing well or not playing well it's just that the Warriors are healthy and and they're pretty deep at the guard wing spot right now and so it's more a testament to the Warriors health and availability of their players than what Moody is or isn't doing Um, also on that topic Jonathan Kaminga so Kaminga he continues to come off the bench um, In this game against the Sacramento Kings, he did get 31 minutes, 6 of 11 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3, 3 of 6 from the line, 17 points. Bielitsa, 19 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, playing really well, 3 of 6 from 3, 7 of 11 from the line. This was a classic revenge game for Bielitsa against his former team, the Sacramento Kings. Andrew Wiggins with a team-high 25, Jordan Poole, 
with 22. Jordan Poole now uh, 17 straight games scoring 20 or more. Poole has just been absolutely incredible. Great to see him continue to work. It's going to be interesting to see how all of these pieces come together um, once we hit head into the postseason with the return of Steph Curry. Obviously, it's going to be a little interesting with the shot distribution. Um, Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole aren't going to each take, you know, 20 to 25 shots when you've also got Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins out there. So we'll see how that all shakes out. I think that they're more than capable of working it out, but I do think that there might be a little bit of an adjustment. We might see um, Jordan Poole's play drop off a little bit, or maybe it'll be Clay Thompson or maybe Andrew Wiggins, but I do think it's going to take a little bit of time because the four of those guys haven't had court time together to really find the sweet spot of whose turn is it and, and be able to navigate the hot and cold streaks of who's shooting well and who isn't. But at the end of the day, I think it's better to have more offensive weapons and more pieces and more guys who are productive than less. So this is definitely a good problem to have. Um, another interesting thing that I wanted to talk about is Kavon Looney. Looney continues to play in every single game for the Warriors this season. But what I have noticed is kind of a downward trend in the number of minutes he's playing and also the quality of his game while he's been out there. Basically, since the March 23rd game against Miami, and if you remember, this was the road game against Miami where the Warriors basically sat all their starters and the Warriors won. Anyways, Kevon Looney had uh, 16 rebounds in that game. Since then... Um, and the following game against Atlanta, where he has eight rebounds, where he had eight rebounds, he has not grabbed more than six rebounds. So I'm kind of seeing a downward trend in, in Looney's effectiveness on the floor. I think this is more the Warriors trying to get him some rest, um, get him ready for the playoffs, keep him fresh, but want to continue to allow him to play in every game this season. So it is affecting his production a little bit, but then you also have Bielitsa, Otto Porter Jr., and Draymond Green, who are also filling in at the fo the forward and center positions at times. So I think that this has kind of just alleviated the need to throw Looney out there for 25 to 30 minutes and really be dependent on him to make a name for himself and make and establish a presence in the paint. And also the play of Nemanja Bielitsa, who... We have been talking about throughout the season um, really how much of a d disappointment he's been really since opening night. And this game at Sacramento was arguably his best game for the Warriors this season outside of that opening night game. Um, starting to see Bielitsa get confident and comfortable in the offense. He's always been a skilled passer, so we're seeing him kind of lead that second unit as a um, secondary playmaker, kind of in that Draymond role, but also as a floor spacer who can shoot the three, who can take the ball off the dribble and attack the rim. Yes, the defense continues to be suspect, but when he's out there with Gary Payton, the second, and Otto Porter Jr., um, and Andrew Wiggins, and these types of guys, his defensive deficiencies can kind of be hidden um, or distributed around other strong defensive players. And when you don't have like a Clay Thompson out there, you want Bielitsa's floor spacing. So Steve Kerr mentioned after the game that um, in that stretch of games where Bielitsa 
was kind of out of the rotation that they were really missing him because he does do a lot of good things from them on offense. And this is why I was trying to be a little optimistic. Um, Maybe it was like a month ago we were talking about how it really seemed like Bielitsa was like a lost cause. Like, what could he do? This is the upside that I had in my mind that if he could just turn things around for himself offensively, he would have a role and the team is desperate for scoring. They're desperate for offense. And this guy brings all of that off the bench in a similar type of good character, no nonsense, does his role, doesn't care about how many shots it takes. Actually, he prefers passing than shooting. So just a very nice complimentary piece for the Warriors playing well at the right time. Very clear that he's going to have a big role in the postseason as well. And so that's really great to see him kind of trending up at the right time. Uh, Gary Payton the second continues to be flourishing as an on-ball defender under the rim fin- finisher. His three-point shot is kind of a little hit or miss, but he has been very aggressive. Um, Andrew Wiggins we talked about also the last few games. He's been very aggressive on offense. He's been attacking the rim. The free throws have been converting at a higher rate. He looks much more comfortable and confident. The three-point shot looks good. This is looking more like the Andrew Wiggins we saw pre-All-Star break than the Andrew Wiggins we'd been seeing in the last 20-so games. So overall, you're just really starting to see now, as everyone comes back and is healthy, what this Warriors team is capable of. And this is what we kind of had as far as expectations for this team earlier in the season who found themselves, um, you know, number one in defensive rating, waiting to get Clay Thompson back and put all the pieces together and really feeling like it was the Warriors, you know, the Warriors championship to lose. And so, yeah, there's still a lot more to go. We've got three more games left in the regular season. Um, The Lakers on Thursday, followed by a back-to-back Saturday-Sunday with San Antonio Spurs and the New Orleans Pelicans. The Warriors are back in the third seed, one game over Dallas and two games over Denver. The Warriors have the tiebreaker over the Utah Jazz. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the Warriors close out this season. We know that um, Clay Thompson, Iguodala, and Otto Porter Jr. are going to miss one of those back-to-back games remaining on the se- on the on the schedule. Um, I already mentioned this earlier, but the shot chemist, the shot distribution and chemistry and flow will be interesting to see how all of that works itself out come playoff time when you've got Curry back because Curry, Poole, Clay, and Wiggins aren't all going to be able to take 20 shots. Um, we're starting to see the defense ramp up again with Draymond really turning, turning back into the version of himself that we all know he's capable of. So that's really good. And then lastly, turnovers. Um, you know, only 11 against Utah, which was a big reason that they were able to get back into the game despite getting down early. But with Draymond Green back, um, and especially when when Steph Curry comes back, limiting turnovers, that's going to be really important. That's been an issue that the Warriors have dealt with for most of this season. So um, last thing that I want to mention here, guys, I am working out a special guest Um, episode might be the end of this week might be into uh, the weekend or next week so please stay on the lookout for that we're going to have a new guest on the show I think it's going to be a very very entertaining analytical great discussion about all things warriors I'm also planning to have one of our regular guests 
um, back on next week as well. So before we go and sign off, I want to all also remind you to use coupon code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also to check out our pals at MyBookie.ag. Use code HoopBall on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. This has been a We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, a sports ethos presentation. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show. Give me a follow on Twitter if you haven't already at SD Orlick. Again, keep your eyes open for upcoming guest episodes. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next one.